Monday, everyone. Michael Seifert here with Refining Politics and Culture. Hope you had a fantastic weekend. Last week, we witnessed a statement on live television from Democratic presidential candidate Joe Biden that just 10 years ago would have shocked the system. The statement would have been campaign ending, honestly, and it would have driven Americans in waves to the polls to vote against him out of a deep desire to protect our nation's children from his disastrous, child-endangering ideas. But today, half the country embraced it, while the mainstream media overwhelmingly celebrated it. So what happened was on Thursday at Biden's town hall, the former vice president proposed that children at eight years old should face zero obstacles to identifying as transgender. He went on to state that any rights or opportunities available to biological girls should also be available to boys who want to be girls with no restrictions or discrimination. So make no mistake, this is a radical and dangerous position. What this man is saying, a man who is running for the highest office in the land, by the way, is that if an eight-year-old is struggling with gender dysphoria and feels like they should be the opposite sex, then opposite sex locker rooms, restrooms, puberty blockers, presumably cross-sex hormones, all should be available without restriction. If Biden wins, it's this type of ideology that will guide his Department of Health and Human Services and Department of Education. So we can assume the push will be to increasingly subject our nation's children to teachings in public school about gender fluidity and other topics like that as early as first grade mandated by the federal government. And by the way, they've already started doing that in many progressive school districts around the country. Also, medical doctors would be forced to provide options to physically alter the traits of these children's God-given sex. These ideas are promoting state-sponsored child abuse, and they take no account of the medical dangers of puberty blockers, the mental harms associated with affirming transgenderism, or the fact that 98% of gender-confused boys and 88% of gender-confused girls end up accepting their biological God-given sex after naturally passing through puberty. But unfortunately, Biden's clearly not concerned about the medical data here or what's healthiest for the children. He cares about appeasing the progressive crowd. Because if you really care for someone, you'll tell them the truth. And the truth is that even though an eight-year-old may strongly feel something, that doesn't make it a reality. Of course, this does not mean we shouldn't have immense sympathy for those struggling with situations like these. We certainly should. And we must reject any forms of bullying or harassment of those stuck in confusion. But at the same time, we can't bow to the postmodern mob in their quest to pervert the biological foundations of society, and we certainly shouldn't vote for it. If we really care for our next generation, we'll reject the celebration of dysfunction at all costs. Biden also said back in January that there's, quote, no room for compromise when speaking of transgender issues. And he has said his top priority day one, if he were to be elected president, will be to back the deceivingly named Equality Act, which would destroy religious liberties, force all institutions in society to adopt a worldview that affirms gender fluidity. And ironically, it would harm women and young girls more than anyone. Kamala Harris co-sponsored that original bill, by the way. Unfortunately, Joe Biden's misguided and biology-rejecting approach to gender issues is just one example of the push over the past decade by the progressive movement to promote cultural confusion and embrace philosophies of man that God has explicitly called evil in the word. Elizabeth Warren on the campaign trail, for example, said that she would ensure that her secretary of education be approved by a nine-year-old trans child if she were to be elected. Kamala Harris has strongly pushed to decriminalize prostitution, which she hopes somehow will help the trans community. And progressive states have moved to ensure trans-affirming gender education as a part of curriculum for students as early as four years old. There's an excellent author and a pastor that I really appreciate. His name is Dwight Longenbecker, and he once wrote of society, First, we overlook evil. Then we permit evil. 
then we legalize evil, then we promote evil, then we celebrate evil, then we persecute those who still call it evil. And unfortunately, this is exactly what's taken place in culture over the past few years. Culture has exchanged truth for lies, and we're now at a place today where the people who are boldly standing for truth in order to protect the next generation's children are labeled bigots. And the sad part is many virtuous people who know the truth, especially Christians, have rolled over and allowed it to happen in the name of not appearing divisive. Some have even promoted or voted for these types of dysfunctions in order to appear tolerant or accepting. If you really care for someone, you'll tell them what they need to hear. But if you just tell them what they want to hear, you're simply staying comfortable and ignorant to the severity of the cultural degradation that's taking place. And we know that an action on behalf of those that know the truth over the past few decades has led to an increasingly deceived nation. And sadly, once a nation is deceived, it can be destroyed. When Christians refuse to press in and influence the culture, a void or a vacuum is left in its place that increasingly has been filled with moral relativism. In fact, 57% of all American adults today believe that truth is not tethered to absolutes, but is actually defined by personal experiences. It's relative. 57%. This is why definitions are changing, truth is being warped, and language is being distorted, all in the name of embracing an I feel, therefore I am culture. And it's our children that will ultimately pay the price for this. Eight-year-olds can barely choose what to have for lunch, let alone their gender identity, and it's not bigoted or hateful to say that. What's interesting is that suburban moms make up the majority of Biden's base, which is shocking given the fact that if he were to win, they will be the ones dealing the most with the increasing issues that arise from their voting choices and their relationships and conversations with their kids. But most of the time they're voting this way because they're blinded by their dislike of President Trump and his character flaws. They have little realization of the magnitude of the policy ramifications of their vote, and they don't understand the gravity of the radical turn that the left has taken over the past few years. So I personally always try to see both sides' arguments in politics, try hard to examine both arguments in order to ensure a full perspective on the issues at hand. But to be honest, there's zero justification for policy ideas like these. And if implemented, these ideas will lead to a cultural downfall that will be difficult to come back from. I understand people have issues with Trump's character and his personality, but his policies in his first term have stood against this cultural perversion more than any president in recent history. Like I said at the beginning of this segment, Biden running on a platform of perversion like this would have been campaign ending 10 years ago, and I believe it should be campaign ending today. So that's all I've got for you today. Please check out the podcast tomorrow as I have an exciting interview taking place that I'm really looking forward to. If you found this video helpful, please share with your community and I hope you have a fantastic week. Thanks for tuning in.